Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Welcome to Five Things, the podcast where you bring on my favorite funny people and ask them five things. I'm your host, Rosh Abdullah. Five Things is presented by Bad Dog Theater. Bad Dog Theater is a Toronto comedy school and improv theater devoted to unscripted performance. They host classes and shows in person and online. Check out baddogtheater.com to get tickets or enroll in a class today. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the land on which we gather is part of the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit. It is also the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabe, and Huron-Wendat nations. This territory is subject to the Dish with One Spoon Treaty, a covenant between the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe. Five Things is a classic improv game used to get performers out of their heads. It's a warm-up. Uh, usually a performer will ask another to say five things from a category as fast as they can. We won't do it as fast as we can. You can take our time. We get, we're going nowhere. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to play Five Things with our guest. And our guest today is Nicole Passmore. Hello. Hi. That's me. Nicole Passmore is uh, an improviser, a comedian, an actor. I'm, Nicole, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't read your bio. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You don't have. But to. I know you, and I know you're funny. I vouch. Everyone, I vouch for this. I yeah. vouch for this well, gal. You know what, Roche? My bio is literally just huge block letters that says "Don't worry, I'm funny." Just That's trust it. me. <laughs> just trust. Trust me. I make jokes. I'm funny. I had to send um, an email out to a bunch of agents and they're all like, do you have anything to show? And I was like, no, just trust me. I'm funny. <laughs> I have a lot of heart to show and a lot of um, drive. I've got chutzpah. <laughs> I, it's like when you first start working and you have to invent a resume because you need one and you're like, I volunteered at my mom's office. That's what it feels I like. I had to be in the interview process of like hiring someone and we got an, uh, a resume where they had a quote under their name and, oh. and the quote is so funny. Cause the quote was something we were just like right before the interview, me and the other person interviewing was talking about how um, like some people just don't have advantages in life. So there it's just not possible for them to be on the same, you know, they don't have the same mm -hmm. starting point. And then this person's quote was like, doesn't matter what you like, doesn't matter about anything <laughs> as long as you try. <laughs> And they also have doesn't matter hobbies. where you start. No, it doesn't matter. Your bootstraps up. You're good enough. <laughs> People will notice, and that's it. And there's no such thing as race or discrimination oh, or classism, God. capitalism. But uh, and they also had uh, their hobbies, and it was just like YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. My special skill is watching YouTube. <laughs> I watch it. Yeah, I guess I. You know what's so funny is that. I read that and I assumed that they made YouTube videos and I got it in my head that they did makeup tutorials. Like, I don't know why. I just, for some reason, I read that and I was like, must be makeup tutorials. And then like, wait, like we hired them actually. And then like, wait, I feel like maybe we should cut this out because I don't want them listening. But um, we we hired them and later I was like, oh yeah, because you know, you do makeup YouTube tutorials. She's like, what? <laughs> what? Like, Is that not better than watching YouTube and putting it on a resume? 
It's much better. Take it, sister. Okay. Uh, the okay. Let's start with our warm up game for you. Mm-hmm. Five things. I'm not gonna sing the song. That's embarrassing. I'm not gonna do that. Okay. But, uh, cool. Name five types of people you'd want to bring on a heist. Let's do your past more five. Five types of people I'd want to bring on a heist, and it is personally my oh, yeah. heist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, okay, it's past more five. Okay, honestly, number one, someone to calm me down. So just oh. like a really relaxed human, a hype <laughs> down guy. Like, don't worry, yeah, hype down guy, chill. I I don't need someone. The skill that I need is someone to say you can cool it for a second because I'll probably be so anxious that I'm panicking because I'm pulling a heist. Right. So really, just someone who's like, let's just calm down. And guys, the cops are here, but don't worry about it. It's cool. We got time. And I don't want toxic positivity, but I do want someone who's just like, it's fine. We'll get through this. We're gonna work through this. You guys are enough. You five are enough. We're enough. Um, okay, that's so so just like a relaxed, gentle human capable of calming me down. We're all you're all on a heist, and the one person's like, guys, we really needed this. (laughs) This is good for all of us. (laughs) We should do this more. Number two, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want me to unpack these even more, but number two, uh, a snacks person. So like someone who's really good at cooking. Um, and, and who has prepared food that is like edible and on the go. So you're bringing a chef I'm, to your heist. Yeah. I'm bringing a chef. Genius. Honestly. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. bringing a chef because we'll get hungry. And it's I feel like when work. I, when you watch these heist movies and they're doing hours and hours of work, I'm like, mm, you're hungry. You have well, to go to the bathroom. If you remember from the original Ocean's 8. Brad Pitt eating in every scene, so <laughs> it you got it worked him up. He was he was hungry. He was a snack. Wait, snacky. the original snacky. Ocean's Eight? Yeah, isn't that the one with all women? Ocean's Eleven. You mean a little- <laughs> you're a feminist? You jumped the, yeah, right it was to the so one good. With- <laughs> that is the original. <laughs> the original Ocean's Eight is a great way to describe the. Original, the original movie, Ocean's well, Just this Gen Z where, where the Ocean's Eleven is like the classic <laughs> black and white. And I think uh, that the original is yes, Ocean's yes. 8. I'm like, what? <laughs> so yeah, I brought delicious snacks. Someone who would bring me those. I like that. Number three, I want um, a very kind-hearted, progressive military professional. <laughs> I don't, I don't want the kind of person who joins the military and takes on the bad parts of it. I want right. someone who has unpacked for themselves that that's like that the military complex is a bad system, right? But an who has war an anti-war military expert? Because I do want someone with like combat skills, um, like explosive yes. skills. Yes. But less maybe like Navy SEAL type skills just without the baggage and um, and viewpoints that sometimes come with those people. <laughs> I want like literally just the most seductive person on the planet. And it doesn't matter what they look like, but someone who's just like so charming and so seductive. You need a charmer. You need a charmer. Like you know, probably they would have to be attractive on on some conventional level, but just like 
the most charming, seductive, cool person who can just like chat up anybody, has good banter. Like, I guess a contestant from from uh, Love Island UK. That's what I want. I want like the hottest contestant who's ever been on Love Island UK who can be like, you right, babes. You want to have a little bounce and just like distract <laughs> anyone along the way. Or confuse. And then if I was that person, I'd be like, what? What did you <laughs> say to me, lady? I'm sorry, What's what? Going on? Hey, those, pers- those people are stealing that painting. Wait, what did you say? Oi, <laughs> <laughs> governor, ignore the paint thieves. <laughs> what? Um, oh, <laughs> I'm tumping, I'm fuming over here. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm You're a right, bit of me, mate. <laughs> um, I'm going Australian now. Um, and the last is pretty conventional but i want i want someone who can break into anything i want a shysty little thief you know like my my sister used to (laughs) date this guy in high school named flip who was known to be a car thief and i don't know if that's true or not probably we have to cut that because that might get us in trouble (laughs) so i'll walk Uh, that his christian name flip (laughs) really doxing him over here But I want someone who could break into a car, break into a building, break out of a building, break into a safe. Because I don't even know what kind of heist I'm on here. So in general, a locks person. I want a a locks person, a Smith of the Lock variety. But not they're not they're doing it stealth. Like they're not just like elbowing the glass and shatters and no way. No, you want someone who who's like sneaky. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, the classic Catherine Zeta Jones glass cut. Uh, classic classic i don't even know if she cuts the glass in that movie so much as she jones yeah julia roberts in the original okay well there are more than one there's more than one heist movie so i was thinking of the one where she like gets sexy and bends her back and they go through the lasers Ooh, you know i have an image i don't know it's from multiple (laughs) movies it's a trope it's a trope honestly her back oh yeah i've got five different screens in front of me popping up (laughs) googling woman but oh entrapment entrapment is that oh you oh you did google it no the wonderful sean murray has told me that it is entrapment with with old man old man and Catherine zeta jones oh michael douglas Mm, is it michael douglas I was thinking, no, it's it's Sean Connery. Yeah, where <laughs> Sean says where she max on Sean Connery, which is a very fun way to talk about that. That's the last max. word I expect from Sean. <laughs> I did not know you had like uh, slang in your vocabulary, Sean. Yeah, that's pretty cool. One time I went to a, a party that um vancouver mayor gregor robertson attended and as he walked through the door return of the mac was playing and he walked exactly in time to it like swaying oh. his body it was that a his walk-on song they tell the dj he's like ah, it felt like it. it it started just as he opened the door that's his and, walk-on like, song him walking into return of the mac yeah it is like it was wild it was perfect what number is that of? The, that was five. Your, that was five. You have five. Oh God, was it four? 
Okay, we I have, should be counting. I'm supposed to count. We have person who calms me down. We have snacks, snacks expert, aka chef. <laughs> we have <laughs> progressive military expert. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. Oh my that. gosh, maybe I was only at four. If you and have a snacks we... person, are you going to get an aux cord person? Oh, no, that was five. Because remember, seductive, seductive person. No, I don't need the music. So uh, You don't, so you don't we... want to walk on song? No. <laughs> if you were no. to do a heist and like it's the pivotal moment, it's like the, you know, the climax and you're like going to get the thing and, and in the all, all the other scenes, people may get caught. What song you want on? What song you want playing? At least in your mm. headphones, like so you don't get caught. Honestly, oh, in my head, like in my headphones or imagining that this was a movie, either way, probably the same thing. I want like an angsty Taking Back Sunday song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to feel like a little, like an angry teen pulling off this heist. I like it. Also, you have just described the movie Hudson Hawk, where the premise of the movie is that they pull heists and they always play a song. Like, fly me to the moon. And then they sing along to it because that gives them, they've like rehearsed the song so many times. So they know they have like exactly three minutes and 39 seconds. Oh, and they have to be at X place at X yeah, time. So they sing smart. the song while they're doing the heist. I don't but mean that was five. In I an offensive way. But is that an old movie? N- n- yeah it is an old movie Talk, it sounds like an old were movie. you were you trying to call me old is that no a- no no i just uh <laughs> i don't care <laughs> it oh, was well, my then, favorite movie yeah growing up. bag lady you're old no get out of here <laughs> <laughs> it's hudson Talk. i never heard of it and it's i like movies bruce willis and someone else but i only remember that it's bruce willis because he was Zeta my Jones. child and <laughs> Catherine zeta jones he was my childhood crush so. Really? Was it mm-hmm. uh, the bald thing, or was it just the that he's a famous actor, <laughs> good-looking guy? I think the bald thing really did get me, um, and I think he was like tough, but not mean. Too tough, not too tough. Yeah, not too not tough. Too, he's like a perfect military boy. Um, <laughs> when I was in high school, I had a crush on my teacher who looked and acted like George Costanza. Oh, okay. Something to unpack there, potentially. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, my crushes were like, <laughs> it was like Kevin James <laughs> and Ray Romano. Like, I was just like watching like <laughs> bad sitcoms. And I'd be like, wow, they're so funny. Like, I remember one time my I was like, well, they, because obviously, like, they're the funny, lovable, average guy. And then they have these like beautiful, mm-hmm. gorgeous wives. But Way the trope, out like, of their and, league. And Maggie, yeah, who just like, like like Raymond stop playing golf and help with the kids and she's like Deborah and but me at that age Deborah. being like Deborah <laughs> Deborah why are you so mean to me <laughs> Raymond let and me when, go like, Deborah leaving on this Sunday leaving her all alone with the kids and I was like what a great yeah. husband and my brother's just like no no Roche that is a terrible terrible husband I'm like but he's funny so we and this is why we become comedians yeah yeah it is true we've got some trauma to unpack <laughs> but not not right now not right this is a funny podcast let me get let me start with the first question okay thing one okay so i googled you because um which i never do i hear that's a thing lately that people google people oh have you have you done the google have you heard of the google um, mm. but I, I, I should ask new questions every guest. And so I was like, let me Google something so I can find something and ask you about it. Maybe something will spark 
sparked my interest. And I okay, s- I'm nervous. I found these. Uh, you recently posted some videos on YouTube. No, and they have no. No, you mean it on says- Vimeo? Oh, on Vimeo. Okay, go it- on. Do go on. Well, my question is, what's that about? Because I didn't watch them, <laughs> but they have such funny names. Why do they have funny names? Oh, you know what are you telling me for? You know. Okay, I don't post anything anywhere, but I it, um I, mean, I upload my auditions to Vimeo because I it's thought like so. I was like these look like easy place to put They're my auditions. Up. They're publicly popping up on on Google. Yeah, they're publicly popping up because I don't know how to keep them private, but still allow sharing to happen. So when I give them to like my agent and they have to pass them on, I have to make them public so they can download them. Right. Uh, but I can't figure out how to keep them private. So every once in a while I go back and like make all of them private, but I'm I'm bad at remembering to do that. So oh, they're that often just out there. They're my auditions. Yeah, but you know what I will say is that I this this is not happening anywhere else but to me. Like it, you probably posted something because it said like two weeks ago and I was like, she's pro- probably like, oh, I hope no one ever sees this. And it just happens that I do, that I just Googled mm. you. And, but like, don't worry. What are the odds? I've that- had three separate people be like, what? are these the, all <laughs> friends and I just laugh about it because I don't care and That's I good. should care but <laughs> I, they're like people are horrified for me that they're public and I should just make them all private nah. and well, I you know probably what? will age, with our attention spans I'll tell you what we're, we're finding them no one's watching that I saw it and I was like it's only two minutes That's it. The funny, the Nate title is funny. I I should watch it even just to roast Nicole later, just to bring it up at any time, just to, to surprise her. Sure. And yet, yeah, or give I, me I didn't constructive feedback on my acting, <laughs> and I would happily take that. That's Down. the thing. I I don't like people are so horrified for me, and I'm like, what um, what does it matter? Because nobody cares. But the there is such a an attachment to ego and to our stuff being out there that like. I probably should care more, but I don't really like technology. I don't understand it. And I am wildly relaxed about those things and lazy. So yeah. I don't care that they're out there, but I should care more. People have no, sort of taught people, me that. One day you'll get a host on a podcast. <laughs> What's that about when they find it? There's, it's like there's nothing offensive or weird or strange about them. I'm just doing no, auditions. No, you won't get. Uh, I have. So I, I keep everything private. I don't like random people. And now that I know that people sure. Google people freaks, um, I keep everything <laughs> private. But I, when I was in university, uh, me and my friend, while we were studying for exams, we would get bored, and I made a YouTube page to upload vi- like silly. We would just make silly videos. To each other, them. like your own private video site. No, like, like you're just, you're like using it breaks from like studying Instagram. But... No, just like it was like we don't want to study more. What would be like a funny, like what we just like made make a video and then I would put put it on YouTube. But I, okay. um, but I deleted. It was like some random. I made up a random email address for this <laughs> YouTube account, and I don't. And, and I, this was like. 2013 so like eight, mm-hmm. I can't do math but like eight years ago or something like that so nine. I don't know the I don't okay whoa that's nine I can do math that's I'm really good at math 
I'm going to add that. I'm going to, Sean, can we in post edit add that she's an improviser, comedian, math magician? (laughs) I like that you said math magician instead of. Yeah, because it's black magic what you just did. It's impossible to accurate math. Truly. No, I'm I'm good at retail math, as I call it. I'm good at adding <laughs> and subtracting quickly. It's a simple math. But okay, my this this email account that I can't remember, so I can't you can't take down the videos there. or make it private or anything, which would be fine. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. but the thing is is that the profile picture that I use, um, and I'm I'm a human being, but at one point in university, I, me and my friends went as a mariachi band. Boo, awful. But we mm-hmm. did that, and one of the, the my profile picture that I decided to make on this random YouTube channel is that me in like a sombrero and a poncho, and so I've tried to, to I've tried to report that page so that it would <laughs> so that I could so I they know, could take it down yeah so they could take it down and it won't you can't like unless you have the email address and the password or whatever you you can't do that and I've asked my friend to report me too and he and he was like okay and then he goes on he comes back and he's like oh no you your videos are too good and it's just two videos it's not good he's like oh no you got fire videos I, i'm not reporting this it's two videos it's one of me doing a tim horton soup review and another <laughs> one of my friend doing a hair bun tutorial yeah that's a it's interesting a interpretation of fire. i don't care about the videos i just care about the photo yeah i get that it's i think it's frustrating how much we're sort of beholden to technology. So I should be more careful because someone 10 years from now is going to be like, look at your audition for this Walmart Christmas commercial. And I'm going to be like, no, no. Canceled. You can't. Walmart's evil. And so it's Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we call it holiday day now. (laughs) <laughs> we call it holiday day for sure. It's holiday day. Holiday day. day. Uh, yeah, my yeah. I used to, I had an ex who only responded to emails, so I used to have to email him my nudes. So there's just oh, okay. some FBI guy scrolling okay. my ex's emails. Method of uh, delivering oh. those. <laughs> not not my first choice. If I could go back in time. Also, one time we were like in a argument or something like that, and we hadn't spoken in, and for a while. And then a week later, he just like we hadn't spoken at all. And his way of reaching out was to just respond to one of my email to email respond to one of my nudes, just saying nice titties. Okay. Thing number two. Okay. I'll, I'll unpack that later too. <laughs> I got a therapy session on Wednesday. Uh, okay, so this is not related to comedy, but I just feel like you'd have a good story. Uh, what's your worst date story? Funny, not traumatic. Yeah, no, that's a, I'm I'm very lucky. My date stories are like even the worst ones are not like we're okay, we're good. Um, I think my worst date story is probably okay. It has to be this one. Um, <laughs> I and, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it's this. Oh, it's got to be this one. I'm like I'm pretty. I've had cute dates. I've had nice dates. Like oh, that's nice. generally speaking, the people I've dated have been pretty cool. Um, so yes, I'm lucky. But, but do you date? Do you go? Is it your judgment though? Is like, are you going on dates with people you do know or trust or something, or just like random? But th- they're just nice. I think. Um, so the one thing that I have sort of figured out about myself is that um, because I'm like quite assertive and quite openly feminist, I don't really attract people who are like awful. 
Um, not to blame anyone who who does. <laughs> I'm not saying like, oh, you're cool you're you attracting that. I just mean that like there. I I don't. I think I'm generally right. speaking, the people who are drawn to me are um, they align with my values. Right. So right. I, I'm like pretty lucky. Also, I don't have much experience on dating apps, which is where horrible things seem right. to spring up. Uh, but this story is one of the only times I've gone on a date from a dating app. I have, I've literally only ever gone on two dates or I've met two people, I should say, that I've gone on dates with from a dating app. One was amazing. We're still friends. Um, lovely person. Oh, like, that's nice. Truly. That it's, yeah, we, we dated for like six months and we're still friends and just the greatest dude. Uh, but the other date that I went on, um, I won't say his name because that's not fair. Split. Uh, what, what was it? It's Flip. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so it was someone who I met on Tinder and they seemed attractive and they seemed cool. And we had one friend in common. And I asked that friend, like, is this person cool? are they okay? Because that's what you do, right? When you know yeah. somebody knows the person, you, you kind of vet them. And the, the friend was like, yeah, yeah, they're cool. And I took that answer at face value. So I said, yes. And this person, this guy, um, let's make up a fake name for him, I guess. We'll call him Flip. <laughs> it's not that <laughs> we'll call <laughs> why not we'll call him flip uh so we we met up and we were walking around and he was like it, it was 1 p.m on a monday and he was like i gotta get a drink and i was like okay like sure like fine but it was just so like aggressive and we went to like four or five different places in kensington market where he was like looking for liquor and the places were like, sorry, like it's 1 p.m. on a Monday. It's not really prime drinking time. So we ended up going to Sneaky D's because he just like really badly had to have a drink. And I'm not trying to say anything about that, except that it was the weirdest, most like demanding thing. Like he just wanted one drink, but he simply had to have it and was like angry at the concept of anything else happening this is I like a being... trek where they have she has to like go away from them before like sundown <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like, I got it. A timeline like it had that energy like we we ended up just having mimosas which we'll get back to in a second uh but like we had one mimosa each but it was just like he was like so mad about it and it so it just came off very controlling also He's mad about the mimosa or he was mad about like, why isn't everywhere serving liquor? And it's like, I don't know. So that was already a strange vibe. Um, and on his dating app, he had said that he was 5'6". And I truly don't care about height. Like, I genuinely do not care. Uh, but I do think it's weird to lie. And when we met up, he ended up being like 5'1 or 5'2". Oh, that's a big uh, difference. It's a pretty big difference. And it's like, I'm 5'4". No, no. And if yeah. you're like, you, if you say you're 5'6", and you're shorter than me, like, I'm gonna know you're not. And I just want to make it clear, I don't care about height. Like, I yeah, no, I'm the same. I, I don't care. But, I but if you're gonna lie, 
like if you're, you're going to say something that like you're going to get caught in that you're going to see it's visible there's a measurable way to know if he's lying that's it and then also when we first met up uh i was just like oh hi like i'm nicole and you know whatever we're like greeting each other and he was like i bet you're mad that i I'm not the height I said. And I was like, <laughs> uh, like this, it was just so weird because it's That's... like, okay, if if you thought someone was gonna be mad, then just tell the truth. But also this is like this is I intro. wasn't I wasn't mad. I was just like, whatever. Like it's a bit strange. Would you like, say you're more mad, <laughs> less mad, equally mad? Just a survey on the spot. <laughs> so yeah, just super aggressive energy. And then as we're walking in Kensington, uh, he brought up a doula. I forget what we were talking about. Or no, sorry. I mentioned something about a doula. Like my friend was going to see one. Uh, and he like was like. People who help home births, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he stopped dead in his tracks and he turned to me and he went, <laughs> what? And I was like, oh, a, a doula. And because he was so shocked, I like started to explain. He's like, no, I know what a doula is. I'm just so surprised you know what it is. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> what? So big old red flag should have been enough for me to be like, hmm, Whoa, I you go. brought it up. But that happened like multiple times over the date where I would say something and he would sort of be stunned and be like, how do you know that? About truly not even that interesting things. But we're we're sitting having drinks, having mimosas. And I will say the one good part of this date is he taught me to put a little bit of salt in your drink if it's sweet and it'll taste even sweeter. So oh put, put a little pinch of salt in your mimosas and it tastes great. But was we're it, again mimosas his idea. Um the uh, yeah, the, the salt like in the mimosas. Picked, no, no, no. Did he pick the drink the mimosa? Yes, he did. So probably it was a way he to set up mimosa, yeah. that. So so we go and we're Have you heard of he... salt? I'm so surprised you know what <laughs> sodium chloride is. Roche, honestly, it was like that. Like anything I mentioned, he was like, wow, how do you know that? Or like so weird. And then the other major time he was talking about how he was going to go to Mexico to like become some chef and work specifically with pastor meat. Uh, and he was like, I can't do it in Canada. And I was like, yeah, like I know Canada has different regulations around meat. So like proper Alpa store meat doesn't happen here because you have to have meat cooked internally to a higher temperature. Mm -hmm. And again, he's so shocked and he's like, how the fuck do you know that? And I was like, I, I went, my friends lived in Mexico for a while. Like, I don't know. I picked it up. Like, and he was so mad at me for having this knowledge that he like got so aggressive and I was like, I'm thinking of going, but then we're sitting at the table and he's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't look, don't look, shut up, don't look. And I was like, what is happening? And he's like, the guy from my favorite band is behind you. And I was like, okay. And I don't know what the band was. I couldn't remember, but I like turned to sort of glance. He was like, no, don't look. And like screaming at me at the table. <laughs> shut up. Don't make a scene. <laughs> oh my god like really aggressive and i was like okay and then i didn't know who the band member was so i was just like whatever and then he he talked about them for like 10 full minutes so strangely and then at the end he was like oh never mind that's not him <laughs> 
so annoying. And then he brought up a bad date. It was a bad date. Very bad date. He brought up our mutual friend and like started talking about him. And he's like, how do you know him? And I said, oh, through improv. And then he was like, he launched into like, yeah, he's kind of weird. We have like this whole history. And he started talking about him again for fully another 10 minutes. And then at the end, he was like, hey, I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him. And I was like, you brought him up. I didn't mention him. And then. Shut we, up. Shut up. Shut up. Finally, we leave. And like, I, we say goodbye. Uh, I just, I think I just was like, bye and walked off. And then he texted me that day and was like, so second date. And I never responded. And then six months later, he texted me. So I've been thinking about that second date. <laughs> Every <laughs> day like, for what? six months straight. And then I, the last part of this is that I, I talked to the mutual friend and I was like, hey, um, that date was really weird. And he was like, oh, yeah, sorry. That guy's awful. What? And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I didn't want to tell you he was awful because I didn't want to, like, make you not go on a date. And, and I was like, you – but he, he was like, I know I wanted like, you to go worst. on an awful date so you could see for yourself so that he's you're- awful because your body, your choice. <laughs> Feminism. I'm into so, it. yeah, that was, that was my worst date. That's, that's bad. That guy's very funny in a bad way. It's funny to hear it not to be in that position. No. I feel like though if I was in if I was on a date like that I would stay just to like the story That's just to be like you know I'm like oh this is so bad I can't wait to tell my friends I might as well lean in. It was midday like like I say it was you know the afternoon on a Monday it was bright out I didn't feel like this was a person who was going to hurt me. Yeah. They just he just it's really funny. wanted to call me stupid a lot and be aggressive. So yeah, I didn't feel the need to like run away, but maybe I should have. You learned a mimosa trick, it's worth it. Salt in your mimosa. Tasty. And now we're going to take a little break and return with your guest, Nicole Passmore. And we're back with Nicole Passmore. Thing three. Okay, Nicole, you were my first and only improv teacher when I came back to Toronto. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. You ruined Ooh. improv for me. I stopped taking classes after that. No. No. no yeah, no. you stopped because you become a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I moved back to Toronto, you were my first and you were my first teacher, improv teacher. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if do you when you have classes, because also we it was like an introductory kind of like a level one thing. So when yeah. you have newer improvisers, newbies, do you have a piece of advice that you kind of like always give or that you always try to give Mm. um or is it like kind of like most things are off the cuff or is there just like like for me now that I started teaching when I mention yes and I just disclaim I'm like you can say no if you feel unsafe you feel uncomfortable you can say no that's something I always make sure to say do you have one of those yeah well similarly like one of the best things I picked up along the way is that we often misinterpret yes and, and that it's been sold to us as you simply must do everything and you must um, say yes to everything when in reality it's you should accept the reality of the situation. So saying no isn't a block if you're accepting the reality of the situation. So I like to tell that to people too because I think like coming up through improv, I've been doing this for a while, a long time, and 
it really did have a different interpretation back then. So I like to really advocate for people to set their own boundaries and you, you absolutely can still be accepting and really advancing other people's work without literally saying yes. And my demo sometimes is like, if you're in a scene and a creepy person is like, Ooh, I want to touch your butt. You wouldn't be like, yes. And like, that's awful. That's so terrifying. So you are allowed to say no, you are allowed to still accept the reality. Uh, while protecting yourself and while creating boundaries for yourself, because that's huge. I think I have a few worlds I I really dip into now, especially. Um, I, it's pretty trite, but like aiming for anti-oppressive work uh, and like not just to be good progressive people, but because it's just so hack and it's damaging and it's mm. boring and it's awful and the other thing I, I know that I picked up somewhere along the way and I like to tell people is the idea that it's okay to walk before you run because so many people are trying to be perfect or amazing or they're trying to do these high level things and you can't enjoy that until you've learned and indulged in all of the simple things. So a huge theme when I teach is that it's okay to be obvious. It's okay to be simple. It's okay to really just take something basic and add to it as opposed to trying to be too clever or too smart or too funny right. because that is nebulous. Like that's so impossible to latch onto. And why not take that beautiful, simple thing and run with it and make that look so good instead of trying to overcomplicate things yeah i miss simple simple is good I, that's why it's so fun to watch mm -hmm. like level one shows or one-on-one -on -one classes yeah the the improv is just so good because um when you can when people are out of their heads and not because the learning curve is so big when you start and there's just so much to take on um which is also why i think that plateaus happen later on because you after a certain while you're like okay i'm not learning a bunch of new stuff anymore i'm just like yeah. taking all the things that i know now and then you just you just feel like you're stagnant when really it's just like you're not being piled on with a bunch of different tools. But when you have before that even happens, before you get all that stuff dumped on you, it's so nice to watch people who are like free and not so much in their heads and just being mm -hmm. truly silly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, there's like an old phrase that like it says, if you're not having fun, you're the asshole. And I don't subscribe to that. I really don't. Because I think if, if you're not having fun, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're an asshole because it might be other people making you uncomfortable. It might be that you don't have the tools you need. It might be that you're not being protected or helped in the right ways. But fundamentally, like, why wouldn't we be trying to have fun? Yeah. And especially now post-pandemic, like, the idea of trying to be too precious or too serious, um, I very much believe in this art form and I, I really love it and I really believe in becoming amazing at it and, and trying and committing and all of those things. But at the same time, I just want to go on stage and have a good time have fun and yeah. have it's fun. And yeah. that's what I want to watch too. So when I see people who are really getting into it and letting go and having fun and supporting each other, it's like pretty trite, but that's fun.
Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I don't like when uh, people are like, don't break or don't laugh in a scene. I'm like, I love to laugh in a scene because I love yeah. watching people laughing in scenes. They're having fun. It's like you're in on the, you, you're part yeah. of it. You're just like having fun. Um, this is, I will say, so I used to be someone who was really like, commit, 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 don't break, don't break. And I think that I've sort of updated my views on that because one, characters can laugh. So yeah. I just try to encourage people to use it as the character so that, you know, you can still have it happen, but let it be committed. But the other thing is that there, there's something weirdly elitist about this idea that you should never break or that, you know, like you should never show yourself on stage. Uh, so I have moved away from it. I find it a bit odd, but I still don't want a bunch of friggin' Jimmy Fallon's running around. Right. Yeah, I know. We got nobody does. <laughs> nobody wants Jimmy that. Fallon's wife. No offense, Jimmy Fallon. He's listening. Take that. Ryan. Yeah, he's like yeah. Why me. Um, what did I do? Everything, Jimmy. You yeah, after the honestly, pandemic has really helped me with improv because I don't give a fuck anymore. Like it's all about having fun. If I'm not having fun, there's no point in being there. And mm -hmm. after Zoom prov and just like associate, but nothing matters anymore. Like let's we're making up stupid, yeah. we're doing fart jokes on stage. Like it's the stakes are so low. It's fine. And like you can just as equally create art while enjoying it as you can while you're struggling to do something super complex, you know? So why not have, why not give yourself permission to have a good time? Yeah. With plateauing, that's my thing for is, um, how often do you feel like you plateau or have the moments where you question mm. if you're funny or why do you do this? Uh, and if, if that <laughs> happens, what do you do? What a deep question. Uh, why Sorry, I does... meant what, tell me about a time you shit your pants. <laughs> probably good um uh i only say it's deep because like why does anyone do anything or why does anyone do this uh <laughs> and do i think i'm funny oh well what a wonderful question how often do i feel like i plateau i would say every few years that sort of creeps in and it's interesting because like I have done a lot of learning I've done a lot of training I've done a lot of performing I've been doing this for a long time and I still really believe that you should be constantly learning you don't stop you don't there's no end goal of learning so what I do partly is you know take classes or work with people which can become tricky when you are an instructor because it isn't necessarily always comfortable to take a class and have people you would teach elsewhere uh, be in a class with you because I don't mind it, but every once in a while it is strange for students where they're like, huh, right. how come you're in my musical improv class or whatever? Right. Like you've um, taught me and you're in a class, you must know nothing. I can't trust you. <laughs> yeah. It creates an odd dynamic, even though in my brain it's like, no, I'm here for that person's specialty skill that instructor's yeah. insight um and also sometimes a lot of instructors are very very good about it but every once in a while you'll have an instructor who's like huh why are you here so it can create a strange dynamic in your own city but that's why i used to love to travel and uh, uh, yeah. take workshops at other festivals and really learn with people there because it feels 
uh, like a little more of an anonymous playground like nobody's expecting you to act like a a teacher versus a student so I do that hierarchy with like uh an improv with instructors and and performers because Mm -hmm. like you said like the idea that if you're an instructor you're on some level yeah you have something and it's like but everyone has something to teach someone like everyone is that's it it in their style and that's what I like about the assembly too is like you'll have the coaches but who are also in teams so yeah everyone's learning from everyone it's kind of breaking that weird and that's that basically idea. what it should be like. It, so I, you know, it can be strange, but I would hope people understand. It's like we all like we're there for that person's insight, that person's approach. So it it doesn't have to be that hierarchical structure. We can learn from anybody, sure. and any outside eye can be good, especially a fresh new one. But yeah, that is why it's, dog, I do the drop-in samplers. But I'm always telling them like. You do this again with a different instructor. Like you're going to learn something completely yes. different than you're going to learn from me. They're going to say different things. They're not going to agree with me on some things. Learn from yeah. as many different people as you can. A hundred percent. We could all do the exact same lesson plan. A hundred different teachers could do the same lesson plan and you would still get a slightly different approach from every single one of them. And you would learn different tricks or tips or get different feedback. Um, yeah, I think another thing I do when I plateau is, well, another thing I try to do that I don't think I'm that effective at is like learn something different. I only say I'm not effective because I think lately my brain doesn't operate like it used to. Um, oh man, I just saw you do a show like last Wednesday and you went on, first of all, thank you so much for taking the medieval time suggestion because I talked about this in the last episode we recorded i love i'm literally staring at in my i'm in my office and you the, love medieval my, my times family photo is a medieval times photo whoa right i whoa, love whoa, it whoa. and uh nicole did an entire set with the cast of nice time on medieval times and it was the i was in my happy place but you did this <laughs> speech just like t- i brought a friend it was also 420 so we were so stoned and it was one of the funniest moments where you just did like a five minute long speech about <laughs> being a beer it was so good so don't tell me your improv lately has been it, it's been off the charts in a good no way. i mean my brain okay how do i explain this i think like i forgot how to read books not forgot how but i like I feel like my brain isn't as plastic as it used to be or as absorbent. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I should learn a new skill. And then I'm like, huh, how do I do that? (laughs) But thank you. Thank you. That was a very fun show and a very fun thing. I think like, yeah, I think one of the interesting things about plateauing when you get to a certain point in your career or in your improv career, whatever you want to call it, uh, is like the plateaus become less about the skill and more about how much you're finding joy or how much you're trying out something new. Yeah. So that's like a, a big factor is like um, finding those little sparks of joy that remind you how much fun it is. And I'm lucky that like I, I do often have great times on stage but every once in a while there's a show that's like oh no that felt really hard even though it was technically proficient it usually boils down to like was I letting myself have fun letting myself enjoy it letting myself not be too serious about it and I feel like one of the 
things that helps there is just playing with different people. Like there are just certain people who are like the most fun, the most ridiculous, the most, like I did a show recently with, with Paloma uh, Nunez and like, she just brings a certain spark that you can't expect. So it's so much fun to play with when you're like, Ooh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Like we're here now. Great. So finding that variety of people to play with. Yeah. Really, I had a really team helps. I played with and um, we were also, we played great together. But we were also used to each other. And our coach one time was like, say two adjectives to describe your playing style. And we each gave two adjectives and he was like, Roche, I want you to play using Dale's adjectives. Dale, I want you to play mm. Danny's adjectives. And it was so hard. Like it was such a yeah. hard thing to do because it's it was so opposite of what I do. But there was a point where one of my teammates like really surprised me. Like something they did really just I didn't expect it from them. And it really brought a, like they're already fun, but it it made it so fun because it was like I didn't see that coming. And now I'm reacting in a way. I was just like it was just so fun to play with. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's, it's also like different people, different levels too, like, or different cities or whatever, but just like getting out of your own, just shaking it up a bit. And then even if it is the people that I always play with, just kind of having those moments of like, okay, let's just change our approach so that it ends up being more fun. And I mean, this is the side part of your question. Like, do I, why do I do this? Or do I feel funny? I guess we all go through those moments, but like, I don't know. I I wonder if maybe I go through them less because I don't, I just view this as like something I like to do, something I love to do. But I did a long time ago have a show in Portland where the audience hated me. And I didn't do anything wrong. They just hated me. Uh, And I was performing with three other people. And it seemed like they loved all of them. And it seemed like anything I did on stage, they were just like, "Mm -mm, no, like zero response. And the only reason I bring that up is because when you have a show like that, it's very easy to just go on with your life going, okay, well. I've seen the worst. Like I've done a full hour long show where nothing I did hit. Yeah. Uh, So sometimes I haven't really, I don't really have like shows like that. Thankfully knock on wood tomorrow I bomb. Uh, (laughs) But it is, I don't know. It's just like every once in a while, it's nice to have a show where you do eat a tiny bit of shit and you have that reminder to, switch it up like on drag race when they have a bad week and they're in the bottom and then the next week they're just like all right let's go and they're incredible and just to know that you can like when i do stand up i always write one joke in there that i know won't land uh it's like i just know it's not funny just because i need yeah i want to like have that silence i want to look the audience in the eyes have them look at me sit in that uncomfortable moment and come out of it and be like you lived like it's fine Mm -hmm. yeah like the things you you got to get scared every once in a while to kind of desensitize you to it. Cause I mean, I think in the beginning, cause if your fear is to be on stage, like you got to get over it. Yeah. And it's just, really and, and that realization of like, Oh yeah, this is not life and death. Literally. It, it's okay. Yeah, the stakes are so low. Mm-hmm. The last thing then thing five is tell me your favorite or one of your favorite on stage moments. 
Mm. You can remember. I yeah, I always find these questions so hard because it's like my brain starts to scan my whole life and I'm like, oh no, I gotta figure it out. I know it's um, so gen- my friends hate when I ask these kind of questions because they're, <laughs> they're like, I'm like, say you don't have to say anything. One, you can come back to it later. You can't. <laughs> this is what, we're ending this. <laughs> but I think people get like some people like, oh shoot, I should have said this one. And it's like, you can tell me like, like none of it matters. It's just if you can think mm-hmm. of anything, it's easier to talk, like say a story, whatever, when it comes up. And it's hard to be yeah. like, what's your favorite in your entire life of living? What's one specific memory? But if I yeah, that, that's it. It's it's like that choice paralysis or being put on the spot. Like honestly, doing that monologue last week was so much fun it so because good. it was just like off the cuff, and it was so. It was as if it was written. It was that good. And it was like no breaths. For our dear audience, it was a monologue from a Pepsi wench at Medieval Times talking about having gained that job because the Blue Knight uh, stole her away from her uh, fiefdom by claiming prima nocta because the king had (laughs) given him that right. And it it was just like the most ridiculous thing. You could, Those yeah, are some of my favorite moments. Like I remember there was a a nice time we did a couple of years ago where I just played like a server listing off specials and it just like escalated in the most absurd way. And it might seem selfish to be like a moment where I get to say a lot, but what it really is, is when you play with people who are so comfortable and supportive that you can go on a five minute tangent and they're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're here. Uh, and that it doesn't feel like you're showboating because the show has been so like cool and, you know, everyone's like shining. I'm trying to think of like other specific moments because I know I've got them. What My first Second City show, this is not about the performance, but my first official Second City show, I was performing at Young and Dundas Square and I had to host and we had these like lav mics on and as the show ended, I guess like I just forgot how to regulate my voice. And I think probably it was like such a weird show because people were like skateboarding through and like a BMX biker tried to ride up onto the stage. <laughs> like at one of the shows, a dog bit one of the cast members when she went into the audience. Like it was wild. <laughs> but I guess like that. whatever had happened, I was like, whoa, this is a bit, a bit interesting. And at the end, I was like, wrapping up and I went thank you young and Dundas <laughs> and I screamed it so loud and like that honestly is one of my favorite on stage memories and I still literally literally every single second city show I will say thank you young and Dundas in a quiet way because I think it's so funny <laughs> or I'll yell it over a like applauding crowd but it, yeah it's just fun to like have these moments where you've kind of lost control uh and okay I have I have a group called Benjamins from Vancouver and I would say that like anytime we're on stage together is super super fun but we have this game called kiss or cut which is a no laughs game that when the audience laughs you have to either kiss somebody on stage or cut your own hair oh and (laughs) And we played it once at Improvaganza in Edmonton um, to like a crowd of a few hundred people and just like 
really fun party energy. And I just remember the crowd like screaming in shock, like, no, like almost <laughs> crying. Like every time we, we cut off any amount of hair, they were just like losing their minds. It was so much fun. Yeah. Damn. Those are, it's not even equivalent to me, the like cutting your hair and kissing someone. Oh yeah. I mean, like also, the funny thing is it's more. If it's more what? I just feel like it's more risky to kiss someone than cut my own hair. Like I really, don't care I think it's hair. way more risky to maybe I don't care about my hair, but it's I would I'll kiss anyone. The things I put in my mouth <laughs> I don't care. Like what, what, <laughs> my hair, yeah, I would freak out. I, wonder I, was, how I, I, I was like, everyone must be pandemic. What's that? What's changed? I don't. I didn't wash my hands before. I, <laughs> I never will. Sometimes I pretend, I turn the tap on just so people think I wash my hands. Roche, that's um, gross. It's a joke, me. but that's gross. It's not a joke. I don't wash my hands sometimes. That's Most gross. It's weird <laughs> that I pretend to. I just like turn on the tap. Um, <laughs> if someone didn't kiss me, maybe I'd be offended. Um, if they chose to cut their hair over, kiss me. Uh, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with me? <laughs> so you don't want to kiss the girl who doesn't wash her hands? You're weird. You're gross. All right. Um, that's bad. And that's all the time we have. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, come out to Nice Time every week at Comedy Bar West. You can check me out in the touring company at Comedy Bar East, that second city, uh, to be housed by the lovely Comedy Bar East. Um, check me out on Twitter at NLPassmore and maybe listen to my podcast, Self Hell with Vita and Nicole. Thank you. And definitely go see Nice Time. It's hilarious every week. Uh, and it's like nothing. It's like 10 bucks. Oh, it's, it's a cheapy boy. It's all about fun. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.